Hi, welcome to the FIRST Healthcare Compliance Podcast. Today, we are going to review the basics of COBRA and discuss compliance with intersecting laws. So let's dive right in. Now, most people know that this is a law that provides employees with temporary continuation of employer-provided health coverage when they either lose their job or are terminated. But in fact, COBRA applies in many more instances as we'll discuss today. So to start, let's talk about what COBRA stands for. COBRA is a federal law and is short for the Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1985. COBRA applies to employers with 20 or more employees that offer group health plans. COBRA provides the right to continue coverage in an employer group plan in certain instances. Now, if an individual elects COBRA coverage, then he or she is required to pay that full premium amount at the group plan rate. In addition to the premium, the employer can tack on a 2% administration fee. Now, to determine if the employer comes under the purview of COBRA, um, you have to determine if they have 20 employees. Um, That is the baseline. So when determining this, you count both full-time and part-time employees. Part-time employees only count as a fraction, with that fraction equal to the number of hours that the part-time employee worked divided by the hours an employee must work to be considered full-time. Now, if the employer doesn't have that 20-employee minimum, then it is exempt from COBRA. But many states do have continuing coverage laws that are similar to COBRA that apply to those smaller employers. These are referred to as the mini-COBRA laws, so it is really important to check your state laws. Now, under COBRA, only qualified beneficiaries have the benefits of COBRA. So who is considered a qualified beneficiary? A qualified beneficiary is anyone that participates in the employer-sponsored group health plan. So this includes all employees that participate, as well as any spouses and any dependent children. Now, it is important to note that the individual must be covered by the plan on the day before an event that causes loss of coverage. And we'll talk about those types of events, also known as qualifying events. Now, there are instances where COBRA benefits would not apply, such as an employee who is not eligible to participate or an employee who has declined to participate in the health plan. So now let's talk about notices. There are notices that the employer is required to provide under COBRA. Uh, First, there's the general notice of COBRA rights, which must be provided to both covered employees and their spouses within the first 90 days of coverage under the plan. Now, employers usually include this notice in the group plan summary plan description. There is also the election notice, which describes the right to COBRA continuation coverage and how to make an election when there is a qualifying event that causes an employee or his or her family members to lose health coverage. Now, a qualifying event triggers the right to COBRA coverage, which includes an employee's involuntary or voluntary termination of employment unless it is due to the employee's gross misconduct. Now, although COBRA does not define what counts as gross misconduct, many states refer to the definition provided under their respective states' unemployment laws. Next, an employee's reduction in hours of employment is a qualifying event if it affects their eligibility under the health plan. For example, an employee that switches from full-time to part-time work. Qualifying events also include divorce or legal separation of the spouse from the covered employee, an employee's entitlement to Medicare, the death of a covered employee, 
and the loss of dependent status. So for example, when a dependent reaches an age that no longer qualifies them for coverage under the parent's health plan. Now, if any of these mentioned events occur, then the employer is required to provide an election notice. An individual that elects continuing coverage under COBRA can stay on that employer's group health plan for a maximum of 18 or 36 months, depending on the type of qualifying event. Now that we know what events trigger COBRA, it's important to discuss how COBRA comes into play with other laws. First, let's talk about the Family Medical Leave Act, also known as FMLA. FMLA applies to employers with 50 or more employees, and it provides up to 12 weeks of unpaid job-protected leave for an employee's serious health condition, for the birth, adoption, or foster of a child, or for the employee to care for a family member's serious health condition. Now, it also applies for qualifying military leaves, which provide for 26 weeks of unpaid job-protected leave. For an employee to be eligible for these FMLA benefits, the employee must have worked for the employer for 12 months and have worked at least 1,250 hours. Now, during any FMLA leave, the employer must maintain the employee's coverage under any group health plan. Employer contributions must be the same as if the employee had continued to work his or her normal schedule. So this means that if the health plan requires an employee to work 30 hours a week to maintain coverage, and if that employee goes out on FMLA leave for 12 weeks, then although the employee is not meeting his 30-hour requirement, the employer is legally required to continue the employee's health coverage under FMLA. Now, if the employee fails to pay any premium amount to keep up the health insurance, then the employer can terminate coverage, provided that it gives advance written notice to the employee. Now, let's say that the same hypothetical employee needs to extend his or her leave beyond the 12 weeks that FMLA provides due to a disability accommodation under the Americans with Disability Act. Well, what happens to their health coverage? In this case, the employer is no longer required to maintain health insurance as FMLA benefits have ended, and if they have a 30-hour-a-week eligibility requirement for coverage, then this is not being met, so health insurance cannot continue. This is where COBRA comes in. So at this juncture, there is a qualifying event because there is a reduction in hours and the employer is required to provide a COBRA election notice informing the employee and any other qualified beneficiaries of their right to continue coverage through COBRA. Now let's say if the employee suffers a job-related illness or injury and is placed on workers' compensation leave, what happens in that instance? If the employer has to comply with FMLA, and the employee is eligible, the leave may be covered under FMLA. And as we just talked about, the employer would be required to continue health insurance coverage. But let's say this employer does not have 50 or more employees to come under FMLA and that there's no state law equivalent. First, the employer should review the health plan requirements to determine if coverage extends through a worker's comp leave. But if the plan does require certain hours of work to be met each week, then the employee would be ineligible for the coverage. Due to the reduction in hours, this again would be a qualifying event that triggers COBRA and the employer would be required to provide the individual with an election notice. Compliance with COBRA is as simple as providing the right notices at the right times and understanding when COBRA benefits are triggered. But as easy as this is, if the employer fails to notify individuals of their rights to continue coverage, 
This single error can expose the employer to lawsuits with huge penalties and attorney's fees, so it is critical to ensure employer obligations are followed. For more information, visit the Department of Labor's website where you can find sample general and election COBRA notices. This will conclude our podcast on COBRA. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe.